when human activity, let's say, creates oh, well, pollution, yeah. unfortunately. And uh, so, so I mean, uh, all the buildings you have, uh, the more urban, uh, urban it is, mm-hmm. the more commercial. You have traffic, you have, you know, building materials like uh, metals and all this activity, human activity in the cities mostly uh, creates pollution. Then when the star- uh, rain starts, it, it will wash, the, let's say, the surface of the city and take this pollution with it down to, downstream to the water bodies. Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vesalo. Welcome back, Urbanistas. Hey, it's so nice to be back on your ears. Thank you for keep following the Urbanista. And uh, we are bringing more and more Guests that, well, we think that you will like, you will think you, we think that you will find interesting. You know, now that in the Nordics, the winter is passing, well, hopefully it's passing, and we have a lot of snow everywhere, and the, well, it starts to melt, right? Have you thought where and how that all that snow goes? Yes, when it starts to melt, becomes water, and it starts to go down the drain. Yes. And I already, this morning I was coming to the office. I was already seeing like pretty big puddles in the, in the, on the side of the street because the water was just a stock. Well, because they couldn't go, uh, get in more into the drain because it was just so much. Something was happening there. So that comes adding up to the topic that we have been discussing a lot about the impact of climate change, how in some parts of the world there are droughts, so there's not enough water. And conversely, in other parts of the world, there's a lot of water, a lot of rain, which is, well, putting an extra pressure on the city's infrastructure. And uh, to talk about how the cities are managing with their infrastructure, with their stormwater infrastructure, how they are managing or not, I have I have one guest here that knows a little bit of that topic. So, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is uh, Richard Granot, working for Yukonor uh, Infra as a solution manager for stormwater management. Yeah. Stormwater management. Richard, yeah. last time we spoke, we were actually in Copenhagen uh, in the International Water Association uh, Congress. There was a lot of buzz around climate change and all the systems and all the new solutions that the water utilities can um, can get their hands on. So, but now we are, we, we keep discussing things. Yeah. So have you seen any change on the, the customers that you are visiting? Is there a bit more awareness of how are they planning or trying to renew their, their stormwater systems in general? Yeah, but I think the awareness is there, of course, uh, and for a long time we have been working with the floods, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, let's say the flow mm-hmm. of water, but uh, also now uh, I, I guess the awareness of the pollution in the stormwater is really there and it's really a topic you know, for everyone to discuss and plan for and, and uh, have f- looking for solutions to solve this problem, this because challenge. Because the water, of course, the rainfall 
well, the rainwater falls into the streets, and, and as I was uh, describing before, well, there are trees, there are, well, general organic matter from mm -hmm. the nature that goes and maybe clocks a bit. But that's not the only thing that goes down into no. the stormwater system. What, what other things yeah. are I, going I, there? I guess, well, human activity, let's say, creates oh, well, pollution, yeah. unfortunately. And uh, so, so I mean, uh, all the buildings you have, uh, the more urban, uh, urban it is, mm -hmm. the more commercial. Uh, you have traffic, you have, you know, building materials like uh, metals and, and all, this, all this activity, human activity in the cities mostly uh, creates pollution. But then, and, uh, and I mean, then when the start, uh, rain starts, it, it will wash, the, let's say, the surface of the city and take this pollution with it down to, downstream to the water bodies. So that's, that's the challenge. But it is not that obvious as, okay, there's a tree, there's a bunch of leaves, clearly I'm seeing them fall and then they, yeah. they go. But you are saying that there may be some other things yeah. that we don't fully realize, or they are not that uh, obvious mm -hmm. to, to us, like, I don't know, the industries, but there's, there's a lot of cars. Yeah, a lot of cars. And they, I mean... You have car fuels, of course, uh, that, that can create pollution, but, but also the material that the cars are built of. So you have uh, from, you know, this braking, uh, when, when you're braking, it, uh -huh, it, yes. it corrodes, the material corrodes, you can say. And that ends up on the ground and then it goes down the drain, more or less, when it starts to rain. That's the same with buildings. You know, you have copper roofs, maybe you have zinc uh, to prevent corrosion of material, but still the sink itself will corrode and wash down. So all these very little, do we call it particles? Yeah, or particles all, all these little things that oil, as you said, in the, in the brake mm. plates that they just, this the natural use uh, yeah. or how's it, uh, degradation from, from the cars. Yeah. The tires, mm, tires I, I, I believe it, the tires, they get worn out. So they're, they're very small rubber. Yeah. All those things go and then up yeah. in the stormwater systems? Yeah, eventually. I mean, they will be on the ground, but eventually when the rain comes, exactly. it, will, yeah, it will flush down. And uh, you, you talked about particles, and I mean, a lot of this is, let's say, particles. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so you could say that, uh, that that's one way to treat the stormwater. Really efficient way is to separate the particles because they will either sink mm -hmm. or float uh, and you could use that let's say in your solutions when you treat stormwater you can use that physical uh, let's say it just physics is, yeah it's it's physics mm -hmm. more or less that you that you use to treat the water yeah so how will you if if it goes down and it goes to certain reservoir or certain uh, uh chamber mm -hmm. and if it is something that is the density i assume the density, yeah, density. of the particle or whatever is the matter is heavier than the water okay, yeah, goes down, yeah. but then it... how do you plan that? Because if there is constant flow of water, mm -hmm. the particles keep revolving. Yeah. They just, the water needs to be still or how yeah. does that work yeah. in order so that those particles go down? Exactly. So you need uh, some retention time in the system. And normally you say you plan it for up to five minutes, let's say, when the particle enters the system until it, the water goes out. If you have five minutes of time, then that's enough to take 
let's say the interesting size of particles that you need that you want to reduce they will have time to sink and they will end up in the bottom of the chamber mm -hmm. of the tank or this system that you're using and then of course uh, later on as a maintenance part you will empty that take that out from the chamber you know yearly or, or two times a year you will empty the, the system so that is one way of, mm -hmm. of uh, a quite efficient way of treating stormwater actually to have this retention time mm -hmm. built in in different parts of the city in the drain system but i imagine that you also need to have some control of how the water is coming in so it you stop uh, filling the, the the retention tank and so they can really stand still the water yeah but, but it, it's not still but it has a uh, let's say time to enter so i mean okay. if you have some liters per second coming in and you have some liter volume which is already uh, mm -hmm. always there you will have a retention time let's say so because the water needs to go from the inlet to the outlet mm -hmm. As the water goes in this big volume, uh, the particle will start to sink, and uh, so so everything is moving, but it's moving it's slowly. Slower, okay, and it's time enough for the particles to sink. So, so these heavier particles go down, and of course the outlet you have it rather high, so then uh, well, well, the water reaches a certain level, goes out. Yeah, well, natural as we said, it's pure, it's pure physics. Yeah. That is what comes to this more heavier uh, components, mm -hmm. but what about the components that are like lighter yeah, and, or yeah. I mean other type of things that are, they don't go down, they don't, what is the chemical term? Precipitation, I believe. Yeah. But what about those that don't? Yeah. don't that, and they float them. They float, exactly. Yeah. So it's more or less the same process, but they are lighter than water because you have a water field. So they will also have the time to float or to separate from the water. And uh, they will end up on the water surface. So we also in the outlet, let's say, have normally some screens preventing also the surface water to going out. So, so I mean, the pollution, it separates. Mm -hmm. It sinks or it floats. And, and you, you could say that you take the most clean water, which is in the middle, then that's what's going on. All right. Yeah. All right. The things that float... Or I mean the things that are not solid, like the oil or or I mean water oil, micro, just plastics yeah. or something like that. But then those, so. how do we? Okay, because uh, I mean we have there's there's a common uh, program in the market, the oil separators. Mm. But this oil separator, there's a different thing that what we are talking the retention tank or what happens in the retention tank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, you have different kind of solution, and you choose them dependent on let's say what pollutants you are expecting. Uh, so you can have, let's say, a normal oil separator. Mm -hmm. uh, it's produced according to a standard and mm -hmm. it's separate oil. But uh, also these other solutions that we have, they are more focusing on the particles mm -hmm. and also they are filtering the heavy metal ions that is in the water. So you have, let's say, separation with, the, with this retention time and, and then you have filters. So they work for, let's say, broader range of pollution. So that is uh, these chambers and tanks that we're building. They, they are they are focusing on the broad range of pollution. So one so one way chamber. to treat this water is pure like this this physical mm. pure physics yeah. and uh, and separating the different types of of pollutants that we have there. And uh, is there any other way to treat the water to get rid of 
other type of things like chemicals, other things mm -hmm. that are not. Is there any chemical process somewhere? Uh, in, in the be... in the in the filters, there's also a chemical process. Mm -hmm. So you have ion exchange, for example. So the filters are, let's say, overloaded with calcium, which is not. It's not a dangerous or it's not considered a pollutant. And when the heavy metals comes into the filter, mm -hmm. uh, the filter material will catch them and release this calcium instead. So, mm -hmm. so, so that's ion exchange. So that's a chemical, let's say, feature of, of the of the treatment. But you also have because they are loaded, so they are like small magnets. So you have like an abs absorption on the on the surface of this filter material. So, so there are a few processes going on at the same time. It's like a, a balance of uh, things mm -hmm. going on. And, and if you have a lot of pollutants uh, and you will let this calcium out, it's, it's say you have, you have catched the pollutants in the filter material. So, so that is... All these pollutants that are coming in, coming out, I mean, flowing with the, with the water, uh, to me, it, it makes sense that it will be regulated. So the water utility has certain mm. standards or certain yeah. um, criteria to to abide to. Can you talk a bit more about mm. what what is yeah. how is this sector regulated in that in that sense? So it's uh, I mean in the bottom or in the frame it's European uh, water directive and mm -hmm. also sewer directive. So you have a lot of uh, let's say the the framework is there and more or less what what you are doing. So you have these seven years cycle quite long cycles mm -hmm. where the, the cities or the countries even uh, they, they measure the status of the water bodies mm -hmm. and they classify them and uh, if you have let's say low status of water body you need to do something that's what the regulations say uh, but also if you have really good status in the water body you, you are not allowed to make it worse so every time you build something renew or renovate uh, in the city you have to make sure that you are not uh, let's say lowering the status of the water body and, and where it's already bad you actually need to do actions to make it even better to, to raise yeah. the quality or to raise the quality in not second because this water is not meant for human consumption in the, in the end yeah, but it, but it could be actually i mean you, you also have the uh, the water going becoming potable water. You take them from lakes and drains also enter in these lakes. So, I mean, uh, it's also interesting, of course, uh, from the potable water sources. Uh, they are also exposed to this, the same pollution. So, of course, if you have a lake where you actually take water, potable water, of course, this is a really sensitive lake. So, there you have to do a lot of, let's say, actions to prevent that it's that polluted. from no. the other side of the lake, yeah. another stormwater system uh, yeah. deposits there the water that they are collecting. So, and of course, that's so. Therefore, I mean, in, in those cases, when you build a city around, uh, and normally you have these lakes within the city, like in Burgos, where mm -hmm. the, the, the big lake where we take the water, it's I mean, it's not in the center of the city, but uh, quite close to the center, I mean, so, I mean, within the metropolitan area of the city. And everything that where you build around that, you, of course, need to be really careful how to plan and to, let's say, how to solve the risk of pollutants from uh, yeah, coming down the drain, so to say. So, um, yeah. and, and, and the, this is regulated. Mm -hmm. So normally then the cities have uh, quite good 
view of, of the water bodies and uh, when you build in sensitive areas you, you will let's say have more demands on what you should do with the treatment of the stormwater as one example but also for sewer of course but, but uh, uh, so it's it's in the regulation and, and it's then locally adapted depending on what you are going what you plan to do is it an industry or commercial area mm -hmm. or is it residential area so, so it it's less risk with residential areas, but mm -hmm. still there can be some. So, so they would probably be closer to the lake than the industrial area, which is a bit more upstream maybe from this kind of water source. With the customers that you have been uh, working with, is is that common that the water upstream okay comes mm -hmm. uh, from higher lands because mm -hmm. the city, the the another municipality is higher, and then or they they just keep the flow towards lower lands mm -hmm. and then in the end well the baltic sea yeah, which well we we sea. know the condition of the baltic sea that's yes. actually well separate topic because, uh, but uh, yeah the the strong water coming from one city or municipality may end up passing by mm -hmm. another one yeah. to end up in the sea yeah. so so i mean but, uh, so normally you would exactly what you are describing there so in this uh, regulation in the the water directive you more or less divide the country in, in uh, big parts. So, so, so they try to avoid city limits. So they do. So in Sweden, for mm -hmm. example, there is five of these bigger areas, and they are these. Uh, so three of the areas are looking to what's happening. All the cities and municipalities they have the Baltic Sea mm -hmm. as the re end recipient, mm -hmm. and but of course there's a lot of water streams also up, uh, up there. But but they are then cooperating uh, because uh, it could happen that if, if you do a good work in one city and, and then you don't do anything in another then you still end up in a, that's a bad result so that's why they are cooperating and then you have two areas one going out in the west sea and one in the south of sweden so, so and what about those that are where way way inland mm -hmm. then the recipients or is it either a combination of the water boy the water recipients mm -hmm. or Infiltration, perhaps. I mean, that is also a good way to treat the stormwater. Actually, if you can keep it at the site where the where the rain falls, let's say infiltration, that is of course a good thing because you will also restore and keep the groundwater level, uh, which you like to have quite high, because when it's droughts in the summer and you would like still to be able to take water out from the ground and so on. So it's it's a good way of treating stormwater actually to infiltrate it in different kinds so, so you don't even let it out in the drain uh, and inland or let's say where it's not that uh, urban areas uh, uh, it's easier of course to work with this infiltration but it's also possible in the center of the city even but then you need to let's say you bring the water down in the ground and then you have infiltration systems under letting the water soak out in the soil instead of letting it out in the drain. So that's a really good way of treating stormwater. Actually. There you go, because when we are talking about a more reduced surface, a reduced area, mm -hmm. urban area, yeah. actually we have in, in uh, we have one past uh, guest, Pavi uh, Rabio, mm -hmm. who actually they were working in some urban mobiliary like benches that yeah. incorporate some green elements and yes. incorporate some um, also 
a system to collect the water, mm -hmm. the rainwater, yeah. to feed the same yeah. plant, and then okay, what is what is the excellent goes go, goes down because that's a solution on site on the street, that street, that park, that parking lot. Yes. Uh, I don't know, so it doesn't need to go anywhere really. If you have, I don't know, a parking lot where well, there's a full of <laughs> concrete, so the the strong water will go certain way in and the corners, the, I don't in, know. In the soil. And uh, so, I mean, that is also, let's say, if you are in a situation where the the status of the downstream recipient is low, so you're not allowed to make it worse, you should even make it better. So one of the solutions to solve that would be that you are not even, uh, let's say, you, you can't even connect to the drain, the city mm -hmm. drain. You need to take care of it care of it on the site and then you need some you could then uh, combine it with green areas because you have trees and growing and you can do this let's say soil filters that you could build up actually like a rain garden they call it uh, and you can also keep the water there in a tank so you can then harvest it later you can take it up and use it to, to water the, the plants which is so how, how, does, how does it work? The water that is in this um, yeah. hypothetical parking lot ends up in these uh, rain gardens, which mm -hmm. is just by the side, you know, the corners where yeah. the natural street of the parking yeah. and one of the corners, you install them there and it's, it's an actual tank there. Can you elaborate yeah. more? What, what is inside there? Uh, it's a filled material as mm -hmm. well. And, and you have the plants themselves that, that are helping. So they, let's say they open up the way for the water to infiltrate down in the mm -hmm. soil so the roots does that so it's a natural of course process and but but you can also it's like also a tank <laughs> so so it it will retain water so it will mm -hmm. give you this you know retention time for particles to separate and to get attached to the filter material mm -hmm. and so on and, and you can of course have let's say bigger volume also to save water for uh, the droughts period which will be in between of the rains. So you can, it's like a, a natural way of treating the stormwater, but still you, let's say you build it like a solution. So you, and, and of course, if you need water also for, uh, you can use it for other things, for technical things like uh, car wash, you... bicycle wash. Uh, so, so you keep the, the rainwater, which which will then eventually infiltrate in the soil, but you can do other things with it. You could even, let's say, take it inside the house and flush the toilets instead of using drinking water as one example. And then, it, of course, eventually it will end up in the drain, but you haven't used clean potable water to flush the toilet. You have used quite clean stormwater instead. So, so that's Circular, I mean, applying the circularity pro yeah. uh, concept, really, is yeah. just we are reusing and reusing the water within a very limited space mm. well our cities are are a bit crowded sometimes dense so in a very limited space oh. urban space we can reuse actually yeah. quite many times the yeah. water before actually really in finally uh, uh, sending it down, down the, yeah. the sending it out in the drain or infiltrated in the soil but, uh, all so. right so if all these treatment processes that we are we are talking about whether they are a physical mm. uh, process or a chemical process, how much, how certain we are on the result, on the end of the quality of the water? Can we predict 
Yes. How can we measure or how can we sure that those uh, values yeah. are respected or are where they are supposed and to be? And I mean, this area has been, you know, under research for, I mean, several years, 20, 25 mm -hmm. years. We are, uh, let's say, working together in a, in a competence center called Drizzle with, with Luleå University. Mm -hmm. So they are one of the, let's say, uh, academy that has been really, you know, during a long time, research this uh, stormwater treatment, for example. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is also a lot of other research doing around this. And you could use that research result also to predict how, a, let's say, a new solution would work. So, so, uh, so you, you have a lot of data to model both mm -hmm. the pollution from, let's say, an industry area or from a residential area. And you also have a lot of data to, to model the solution that you are building, because uh, from experience, you can say that, I mean, all these things we talked about with the retention time and the filter material and mm -hmm. so on. So you can, you can predict, and, there, and when you can predict, you can also then design or dimension this system. So you know that, okay, from a certain area space, you will have some amount of water when mm -hmm. it rains, and therefore, you know the space, you can predict also the flow, and thereby you can design the the solution and thereby you can be sure that it works and it's quite good i mean the treatment results you would reach it's i mean uh, often up to 90 percent of these particles for example that you would like to to reduce so so more than 90 percent often you can reach in, in the treatment results which is which is in the end for the yeah. benefit of course of the recipients yeah. for the benefit of the, whether it's locally the recipient is local within that municipality or urban area or downstream as, as we mentioned yeah. so those are the things that uh of course they are, they are super important all these systems mm. the solutions that you are talking about how much maintenance they mm. need really once installed design installed and running and it, and it is, I mean, important question also because you you are building something. So it's a let's say it's a solution. It's a it's a plant more or less that you have built or installed to uh, reduce pollutants. Mm -hmm. And and of course these pollutants they don't disappear. They don't vanish up in the air. They 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 stay in this plant that you have built. So I mean maintenance is also actually what, when you are emptying you are taking out the pollutants that you have catched. So it's, I mean, it's really important to, to do the maintenance and, and, uh, and you can also predict, but normally you would, you would aim for, let's say yearly maintenance intervals. Maybe filters uh, could be a bit longer in between if you do them big enough. But of course, if you don't maintain or empty these mm -hmm. tanks from the, the pollutants, it, it will then finally be so much pollutants in the plant so it could start to leak out again so so that's why of course maintenance is is as important as building the and design the solution in the right way so the so that's cost it. of producing it and yeah. installing it plus the cost of maintenance mm -hmm. which i don't know is it often uh, taken into account what we have been calling the total cost of ownership yeah. is not just build it leave it there but then after a few years how much is really yeah, but, uh, so I mean, uh, so, so because you need to maintain it, you mm -hmm. also need to plan for that when you build it. Uh, and we have seen, uh, let's say, examples when, when you build a pond is quite common that you build to to treat these pollutants. But that could be quite if you don't think how to build this pond. It's 
could be quite hard to maintain it. You need maybe a boat or some floating equipment and pumping, you know, and, and it's hard to get there because you don't have any roads and so on. But, so, so there you could even uh, plan with a pre-sedimentation in a, in a chamber which is close to a road. So, so you then can empty that chamber and, and thereby the pond itself will not, let's say, fill up that fast. So this so pre-sedimentation chamber is like somewhere else, like is clearly not underground, it's more accessible for yeah, continuous for, monitoring and maintenance. Exactly. So that, that's one way to, let's say, to plan the maintenance and to lower the total cost of ownership. Uh, so, so, so when building a pond, if you have this quite easy, accessible mm -hmm. pre-sedimentation chamber, then you will have longer intervals where you actually need to do something inside the pond. So you lower the cost of maintenance, but you increase the result of treatment mm -hmm. at the same time. And you get low, lower cost in the end. So that's a quite smart way of building, I guess. Cost efficient solution, which is, well, we think many of the uh, urban planners and municipalities and our utilities are the ones who pay. Mm -hmm are looking, yeah. of course, cost, uh, cost efficiency. All right, Ricard, um, to wrap up, what would you recommend? What would you suggest to any urban planner who is having on his or her hands mm -hmm. a new stormwater project? Where to start? What, where is the best place to start planning and, and how, how to go about it? If, or, or really, if you are not that used to those yeah. things, where do we, what, what would be your advice? Yeah, well, my, my advice would be to visit uh, our homepage, actually, uh, because we have a lot of information there, uh, both in the early stages, what kind of solutions you could use for a specific project, and also a lot of documentation and some uh, online tools, and also the contact information, of course, uh, to our experts that will help also. So we, we try to be really early in the projects, helping and help the, the, the planner to, to design the system with our experience. Uh, and of course, it's not, it's not like uh, you have one solution fits all. It's really dependent on what you're doing, uh, what kind of activity you will have there. Is it residential? Is it industry, for example? Or is it the road? Or what, what are you going to build? Mm -hmm. that, that will affect the solution you use. And, uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, we are really glad to help in the early stage of the project. We have a lot of information also from other projects. We have references and so on also on the homepage. So, so that, that's a good way to start, of course. To start well, uh, a very good planning. And, of course, always you can have a second opinion from from Rigar, from uh, the experts yes. that uh, Rigar has on, on his team. Well, there you go. Clearly, this is, as you said, not one solution does not fit all. This needs to be well thought through. And depending mm -hmm. what is the situation in your country, in the specific location where you are, and that's something that uh, we need to consider very carefully. And overall, the total cost of ownership that you were mm -hmm. that we mentioned. So, Ricard, thank you very much for you. your wisdom today. <laughs> And uh, we will continue. I uh, will continue yeah. with more stormwater topics, more potable water. Hey, attention there. We, we will have more topics about potable water distribution coming. Uh, so stay tuned. Thank you so much, urbanistas. And uh, see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upono Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.